What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to the latest edition of the Sports Ball Podcast. In this episode, Andrew and I uh, get the feel for life in Kansas City post Patriots. We also talk about the Saints and one of the worst no calls in recent memory, and we share our Super Bowl predictions. Then we do a quick lightning round where we uh, discuss the fact that there's well, there's no more undefeated teams in NCAA men's basketball. We get an update on the Australian Open and the number one seed in the uh, women's division going down. We talk about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still being available in free agency, and they report in less than four weeks. They're not on the team. And then finally, we close out that lightning round with just a quick discussion about the Warriors being just, well, impossible to beat now that they have DeMarcus Cousins back in the lineup. And impossible is a bit of an over-exaggeration, but you get my point. They're really stinking good. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Good evening on this icy cold night. Hello. How have you, you have you fallen today? No, I just started. Oh, it's been it's been going here for a couple hours. It's my entire street. I could play ice hockey on my street. Not street hockey, ice hockey. Will there be a snow day in the local school district tomorrow? Uh they had an early release today because the the rain started at about three o'clock and there's a lot of buses that have to go out into the country here so they did an early release today tomorrow morning uh remains to be seen as is the case here so uh how's uh how's life in kansas city in the past two days uh i think you gotta have two factions of folks you have i think the casual observer who really took a liking maybe the second half of the season then really got invested when they made the playoffs and they're really disappointed and they think the officiating down the stretch was terrible and they think the NFL overtime rules are awful and then you have this other faction that have followed the Chiefs for years and they are disappointed and uh, bumped by the overtime rules but at the end of the day they know how far the franchise has come they have Patrick Mahomes, who will likely, uh, after next season, be given the largest contract in NFL history via some reports. And so I think there's a lot of confidence for the long term that this was just the beginning and uh, they were uh, once again a victim of Tom Brady. But um, pitchers and catchers report in three weeks, so no time to suffer. Yeah, I... Uh... I'm kind of sad they didn't make it, but at the same time, you know, Brady gets another shot to make more history. And, you know, as a Michigan grad, uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy to see him succeed. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. You've got uh, Tom Brady, Michigan, James White, Wisconsin, and Rex Burkhead, who was at Nebraska for a portion of the Big Ten. I think he was there for two of their first, the first two seasons there in the Big Ten. At least one, I think two. Um, and, you know, there's probably other Big Ten guys on the team as well in other spots. But, uh, yeah, good to see that kind of those three right there uh, succeeding. And then you've got uh, Drew Brees and also repping, uh, repping the Big, 12, Big Ten. Obviously, they got eliminated. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, I think at, at some point it doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady, Roger Federer, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, LeBron James. Like, yes, we root for these people because we're we we are tired of them. They they are villains to us for whatever reason. But at the same time, these are the greats of a generation. It's like why why don't we want to see them play as long as they can? Like, if your favorite musician kept putting out hits you wouldn't complain Mm -hmm. now i realize he's tom brady's not everyone's favorite but even if even if it wasn't somebody like you have to respect what's been done i don't think i don't think fans are always quick to do that yeah and it's you know you just wonder if it wasn't i don't know like people don't really hate Aaron Rodgers because yeah. he's like California cool and does funny commercials and like is super laid back and Tom kind of gets painted as this pretty boy prima donna who doesn't have you know he's married to a supermodel and his coach is a jerk you know and just the whole like East Coast um, elite thing. And I just wonder, like, if Belichick was still in the Browns and they were all playing in Cleveland, would that still be the same? Even right. if Tom Brady was still married to Giselle and still, you know, handsome and stylish and all that stuff. I just, you just wonder, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think given the Boston sports overload over the last – I mean, what, since they won the first title in 01, then you got the Red Sox winning titles in 04 and, what, 08? Then again, this yeah, past Celtics. year. Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics in there. The, I think the, the Bruins, Bruins even got a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. And so there's that fatigue as well. Uh, now I should also mention, for entertainment purposes, there is also another faction that is the conspiracy theorists around the game who watch the game apparently from the grassy knoll because they believe the NFL is scripted. There's these videos of a referee going up to Tom Brady and saying, "Hey, we've got your back." Uh, it goes on and on. It well, really it turned... is interesting to see all all that comes out of the woodwork after a loss like this. Like when when the Royals lost the 2014 World Series and Alex Gordon was left on third base, and Madison Bumgarner came in to finish the last four or five innings, whatever it was. Like there was so much frustration over the fact that this cyborg Madison Bumgarner just <laughs> defeated the Royals, <laughs> but there there wasn't like oh. Uh, his right arm was made of steel and he was the umpire was giving him every strike and he was you know like I don't know football and I think it's just how what the NFL has become but it's like we can't just we can't just accept that the 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 Patriots uh, fortunately they got a a coin flip but at the same time D Ford was off sides on that interception I mean like you can go back through 15 plays that you could say decided the game. I mean, the, the Chiefs could not get off the field on third down. So don't don't start trying to say that oh, this happened and this happened and the NFL wanted the the two bigger markets, Boston and LA and if it would have been Kansas City and New Orleans, those would have been two really small markets and that would have been a disaster and all these things. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it's not like message boards. Like it's sports talk, like mainstream sports talk radio here coming up with these just 
nonsense. Well, I don't know. I think I read on Reddit somewhere that the reason the XFL actually closed is because Vince McMahon secretly bought the NFL behind closed doors and has been running it ever since then. And Roger Goodell is just the front man. So, you know, the the conspiracy theorists might have something to their claims. What if, um, what if like Vince came during the Super Bowl and they had a camera on Roger and he like took him out on camera and then was like, I've been running the league. Yeah, ha, 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 you're all fired. That'd be something. Mm-hmm. And this whole XFL reboot is just a ruse. If only the, that true. The other football league starts soon as well. What's the other one? That that um. Oh, the CFL? No, like the like it's San Antonio, and there's like oh the USFL. Yeah, but well, I don't think that's what it's called, but something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I want to talk about probably one of the worst blown or missed calls in recent playoff memory. Uh, the L.A. Rams player jumping and hitting helmet to helmet, the New Orleans receiver with a ball not anywhere close. <laughs> like, how? how? How does this happen? Yeah. Inexcusable. Uh, and, and so I haven't heard this discussed, but I think there's a much larger issue at hand here. And that is that sports have become a huge part of our culture at every level, from the time you're little up until the professional sports we spectate. But the, the greatest threat and issue that these sports face, in my opinion, is the lack of people who are willing to go in and officiate them. It doesn't matter if it's your kid's third grade basketball tournament this weekend or if it's high school football with hopes of progressing up to the NFL. They're 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 so desperate for folks and, and so I think that is reflected in how poor the officiating is at the highest level. Now, these guys, they're virtually, it's a full-time job, all those things, but you had two two people within 15 feet of that call. I, I just, I don't understand how you miss it. And so I think that, I think that's like a big issue for one thing. And the missed call is horrendous, awful. Um, but I think that the, the lack of our ability within our culture to recruit and retrain, retain officials within sports is, is something that is something that needs to be addressed because it's starting to show in the higher levels. Right. And that's that's a fair point that I hadn't considered because I didn't know that it was an issue. But I understand why it is, because who wants to who wants to officiate when at best you're ignored? And at worst, your life is threatened. Right. You know what I mean? It's uh, the, it's uh, one of the most thankless jobs. Yep. Ever. Yep. And, and but we w- we wouldn't be able to have sports without them. And right. so, but they're uh, like the human version of the alarm clock. If you do right. your job, you're hated because you know it's annoying and you wake up. And if you don't do your job, you're hated even more because you right. screwed up. It's... Have. Go ahead. I officiated 
soccer, basketball, and baseball um, through high school. Like that's that I didn't work in a fast food restaurant. I didn't like that was my that's just what I did. Soccer was the absolute worst because you you have one person for twenty two and, and it's just awful. Basketball and baseball weren't terrible. Uh, the games don't move that fast. The you know you're not. I wasn't umpiring high level youth baseball, so you're not seeing a ton of different pitches. It's usually fastball change up. Um, but I I enjoyed it. Um, spent time with my friends. The hours weren't. You worked in the evenings or the weekends. Your hours weren't terrible. It's not like you were, you know, getting off school and doing whatever. And I would, I would still go. I would go back to doing it. And I've thought about it. Um, but, but yeah, it's it, it, and it doesn't. I mean, we get frustrated by college basketball. The NBA is bad. Uh, Major League Baseball. I mean, everywhere across the board has its systematic issues with officiating. But it certainly has come to a head, uh, or certainly came to a head on on Sunday with that call. Yeah, I, I read an article. Um, where they interviewed, they, they, well, they shared Sean Payton's comments in the in the post game uh, press conference, but they also talked to the L.A. Rams player, who immediately after the hit gets up and just starts whipping his head around looking for a flag. Yeah. Oh yeah. He admitted it. Yeah. And then he's like, the ref. He said the ref told me that they thought the ball was tipped, and that's why they didn't call it. Which is like. A pretty bold. We think it was tipped, so we're not going to call it. Yeah, and yes. then they, and then theoretically, according to Sean Payton, I've not seen this corroborated from the head of officiating, but according to Sean Payton, he, the head of officiating, called Sean and said, "Yeah, they blew it. Yeah, they totally missed the call." So, I mean, there's two. I guess I don't know all the fundamentals, but to me, it would seem okay. You blatantly had pass interference, right? So throw the flag. Like, we throw the flag. Yeah, because you, you can't review it unless you throw the flag, right? Well, you, you can't review it at all. But it looks a lot better if you throw it and then the eight of you gather on the field and somebody and the majority go, no, that ball was tipped, pick up the flag. Mm-hmm. But if you don't throw the flag at all, it looks awful. And that's what it did. And this – the this – proposal this idea that it's going to go in front of the competition committee that they're going to be able to review these situations now i think is a terrible idea however if it occur if an if a play like that were to occur i i think in the last two minutes then it could be reviewed but we do not need a game where late in the first quarter we're reviewing pass interference calls Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll say one more thing about it, and then we can move on because I got a lot of other stuff we want to talk about. There are um, apparently at least two lawsuits have been filed um, <laughs> by local attorneys on behalf of Saints fans, and I'm reading, I'm quoting this article from ESPN, who want to compel NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to use his power under the NFL rulebook to replay the final one minute forty nine seconds of regulation of New Orleans overtime loss to the Rams. Which would be hysterical. So it's not going to happen, but I just thought it was really funny. Yeah. 
that's a good use of our public court system. No, and apparently a uh, a guy named Matt Bowers who owns a bunch of car dealerships is renting a bunch of billboards around Atlanta that say NFL blew it and it's B L E A U X and Saints got robbed and apparently he said I'm not done yet. He said uh, I'm not going to stop until I make them miserable. <laughs> way to way to use your hard-earned money. Yeah, exactly. But hey, you know, if it's cathartic, then it's worth it. Exactly. I suppose. All right. So real quick, we've got the Patriots and the LA Rams. Who wins and why? Uh, I think you um I think you take the Patriots. I don't know why though yet, other than they just have it. You don't. You don't bet against them. That's you don't. <laughs> you don't bet against them. We bet against them last round, and they proved us wrong again. Yeah. And you know, a dome atmosphere. Um, yeah, you don't have the it's not cold, so you know Brady's age might not show as much. Not that it really ever does, but you know, there's less. There's less risk of injury due yep. to you know cold. There's less chance of missed field goals. You know, all that sort of stuff. The Rams defense will. Um, I think probably be the best they've seen in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Much, much, much better than the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs' pass rush is not bad. Justin Houston, D. Ford, and Chris Jones um, are, are are good at the pass rush. It's the secondary that was so horrendous um, Sunday night. But um, Aaron Donald, the Dominican Sioux, um, former Detroit Tiger or Detroit Lion, and Dominican Sioux. Uh, I don't claim him. Um, so, I, but yeah, I'm going with the they don't bet against us, uh, New England Patriots. I, I mean, it's hard not to pick them, right? It's just hard not to pick them, and so I'm gonna pick them. Uh, yeah, I mean. Like, part of me really thinks, like, man, the Rams winning it in, what, their second or third season back in L.A. would be, you know, a total coup and, you know, a seeming massive pass of the torch, you know, from the old guard to the new guard. Um, But it's the Patriots. I mean, it's the Patriots. So until until – you know, they're no longer the flag bearers. You got to pick them. And that might happen. At right. Rather three more years. Like, we, you know, you just don't know. Um, it's going to happen eventually just because, you know, time always wins. But, yeah, it's it's this. I Here's what I'm hoping above anything is that it's just a good football game. Yeah. If there, you know, if there's I, been there's been a few duds in the past, you know, six years. Yep. seven years so it would be really nice like i'm talking like uh seahawks patriots when they didn't run Marshawn on the one yard line good yep just start to finish just tense back and forth competitive you know i want to see the best is what i want to see I, I think it'll be a good game i think yeah. that the the mcveigh belichick matchup will be one can can mcveigh play chess at Belichick's level 
it took Andy Reid a half to do it. It took him a half both both weeks, yeah, or both times they played him. I, I'd say a little less so the first time because uh, Pat Mahomes didn't play well in that that first matchup. But uh, I mean, it took it took them. They they scored all thirty one points on Sunday night in the second half. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, twenty four in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Sean's gonna have to come to play from the kickoff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, you ready for like a quick lightning round? Yes. All right. So, uh, well, there's no more undefeated teams in men's basketball. Uh, they're dropping like flies. So, uh, Michigan dropped from two to five. And then uh, I think Virginia's third or fourth. I can't remember. We're also at that uh, point in the season where it feels like uh, Selection Sunday is about two weeks away and it's like eight weeks away. It's yeah. There's still like 20 games left in conference play plus conference tournaments. Yep. So yeah, no. So it's uh, so Tennessee is one, Duke is two, Virginia's three, Gonzaga's four, Michigan's five, Michigan State is six. And I was watching the the beginning of the Michigan Minnesota game earlier. I've not finished it yet. And Michigan State's eight and zero, and Michigan is seven and one in the conference. And the commentator said, "Well, it's clear that Michigan State's the alpha dogs in the Big Ten, and everyone else is chasing them." It's like, how do you have a job, sir? Michigan is ranked ahead of them nationally and lost their first game three days ago. Michigan State's already lost twice. Not saying Michigan State's not a very, very, very talented team that's playing really good basketball right now, but being one game ahead of a team they haven't played yet. And having an overall worse record and worse ranking makes them clearly the alpha dogs in the conference. Yeah. Do you understand English and what you just said? And I've watched the first five minutes of the game, and I'm going to watch the rest of it on mute. I don't know who this guy is that's doing the commentary, but he doesn't shut up, and he repeats himself. And I like, I can't handle it. So I will watch the rest of the game on mute while I listen to a podcast or something. Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't even think to go there, but yeah. Virginia lost to Duke, and Michigan lost to uh, Wisconsin. And so, alas, the the perfect 300 is gone. We're going to have to settle for an open frame. Yep. Um, tell, me, tell me about the Australian Open. Um, the number one female seed lost. Yes, what a Halep, um, which, you know, the, the top ten – and women's tennis are all fairly interchangeable. Like she's not a head and shoulders above number one. Like maybe uh, Novak and, and Nadal are one, two in men's. Like there's probably a gap between uh, Feders up there. But um, yep, Serena seems to be back in form after returning last year um, from her pregnancy. So she's kind of like a, a full year back in. Um, she's looking good. Uh, but well, the, the real surprise has been. Uh, Daniel Collins, who is an American, um, played collegiately and won two NCAA championships and singles at Virginia, had never won a Grand Slam match um, before this Australian Open, and she is in the semifinal. She is unseated, and she has made herself a living um, over the last 10 days. So she will play, I believe, Petra Kvitova. Uh, so she'll once again be a Sizable underdog, um, but then should Serena win her semifinals tonight, we'll have a rematch with her and Naomi Osaka, who played in that controversial U.S. Open final, 
and then in the other ones, Kvitova and, and Daniel Collins, who's this kind of feisty uh, player who's come on the scene hard charging. Then on the men's side, you've got a young Greek, uh, Stefano Sistipas, uh, and he plays, I believe, Nadal. And then on the upper half, it's uh, Djokovic. And I think the other semifinal is tonight. So uh, things are they're playing later and later. Like I'm probably not going to watch much now from the here on out because most of the matches are really taking place in the middle of the night. So um, I kind of catch up when I wake up in the morning. So Nisha Corey, Nisha Corey and Djokovic, and then it's Ronich, and I'm not sure. Uh, I have two questions. Well, two questions. Yeah. Um, Halep beat Venus and then lost to Serena in back-to-back, right? So she had the chance to beat them both in a row, correct? Or am I making that up? Uh, I think Serena got bounced earlier than – yeah, she was not in the uh, – Okay, then I'm, then I'm making it yeah, up. Yeah, she wasn't in the fourth round. Um, secondarily, you said that this Danielle Collins uh, lady – you said she made herself a living in ten days. So, is there a pay? Is the pay structure based on how far you make it in the tournament? Yes. Okay, so I'm assuming she, now that she's in the semifinals, she's you know playing with some serious cash. Yeah, in the semifinals, I believe, I believe the winner of the tournament walks away with close to five million dollars. Holy crap! And so I think that she will earn um, it's several hundred thousand dollars. But um, yeah, she was probably in the red coming into uh, coming into the tournament just because of the cost of getting her coaches around and all those things. But um, yeah, it will. Uh, she will make up for it. So yes, yeah, singles, a single semifinalist uh, will earn nine hundred twenty thousand dollars so just for making the semifinals. Yes, yeah, so if she's eliminating the semifinals, she will make nine hundred twenty thousand dollars. If she <laughs> makes the final and loses, she gets two million dollars. And so I, I was a little off. The winner makes four point one million dollars. So still not a bad living, or still mm. not a, a bad salary for two weeks' work. Oh my gosh. So you're telling me that like Federer and in the dollar just swimming in it like Scrooge McDuck. Um, I mean, their careers of just dominance. Yeah, and, plus all the sponsorships. Oh yeah, um, Federer's career earnings are over 116 million dollars. Good lord! And yeah, and you figure in. I would imagine he's made close to. With with his endorsements worldwide, he's probably made two hundred million in his lifetime. He's got two sets of twins, mm, two doubles teams. There yeah, you go. and they're both like they're like what's a set of boys and a set of girls. <laughs> yeah, that just worked out nicely. But we'll, um, we'll have to get into that. That can be a topic for another episode because uh, for as much as um, they they're making in these two weeks, and they make good money the rest of the tournaments, but. Um, you know, if you're not in the top 50, 75, even 100, it's very tough to be a profitable tennis player. So, 
That's a yeah, we'll have, we'll have to talk. Topic we'll to for talk. another day. Yeah, well, like just sports money in general. Yeah. You know, guaranteed contracts versus salary caps and, you know. We should we should that. discuss the, the Kyler Murray dilemma. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And Speaking all the soccer players committing tax fraud in Spain. Yep. Uh, all right, so moving on. Uh, just two quick things that I had noticed. Uh, going into this offseason for baseball, um, there's a lot, you know, free agency, obviously, winter meetings, trades, this, that, and the other thing. The biggest fish being Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And as of this recording, neither of them have signed with the team. And players report to, to spring training in less than four weeks. Yeah. Everyone, everyone thought this was going to be a done deal at the winter meetings. There was going to be some massive money thrown around. And they're both still out there. And I'm shocked. I would say I'm, so, I'm I mean, surprised but not shocked. Because we, we saw this last season, too, with the several free agents where owners are just – they don't see the need to spin. Their front offices, the analytics are like, all right, yeah, he's a power hitter, but he's not – you know, you know they obviously have formulas set up to say, okay, the nine we've got, you know, our slotted lineup, we feel like can produce equal to in the lineup and having him in right field. Um, because the last few seasons, it seemed like hot stove has meant kind of cool stove. Like, you know, it took – Mike Moustakis until getting into spring training last year to get a contract. And it was a one-year deal with the Royals because out of desperation. Um, yeah. So but Mike Moustakis and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are not in the same right. so if, category. But that's the thing, though, is if owners aren't willing to pay out for Mike Moustakis, they're certainly not willing to pay out for Bryce Harper. Uh, I don't know if I – I mean – I guess you're right because they haven't been signed yet, but I'd be more willing to pay for someone who's a perennial all-star, if not MVP candidate, than someone like Mike Moustakis who might maybe be an all-star uh, and is going to hit 270. Uh, that's a fair point. Um, you know, but, but to your point, they're still free agents. Yep. So maybe, maybe they've gotten offers and they're both just being super, super greedy. Or maybe the offers have been low because, to your point, the owners are not going to overpay, you know. Uh, and, you know, we're just reading the tea leaves here, obviously. We don't have inside information, but I just I'm – ju- I'm surprised that they're both still out there because they're two really good gets at really good points in their careers. Yep. But, yeah, so. there, there's something fundamentally flawed with the system. And that – speaking of topics for another day, I mean – and it sounds like the it's the collective bargaining agreement needs to be tweaked a little bit in the next round of negotiations to kind of end this type of thing that's been going on now for several years where owners are kind of like, meh, eh, we don't really need them. Yeah, well, they we'll, can't all be Yankees and Red Sox, so. We'll pay the prospect $700,000 this year. Get the same amount of revenue sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and then lastly, real quick, um, I don't know how much NBA you've been watching. Um, I've been watching the Warriors recently. All I, I saw was Steph slipped and fell trying to dunk last night. Dude, that could have been really bad. Yeah. That could have been really bad. And I also saw um, Kyle Korver thought the basket was a swish, but it was an air ball, and he grabbed it and th- tossed it back in like an inbounds after points were made. 
but it was really he touched the ball out of bounds and so it remained with the opponent and i also saw Corey brewer defending defending De, um uh james harden like a loon like a loon yeah he's like all, draped all over him like he oh, was doing yeah. like liquid bones on him <laughs> That's okay, all I've so seen you're just the, watching the highlights. That's yeah. No, that's all I've seen of the NBA no, lately. I've been I've been watching the Warriors a lot since they picked up Durant last year, just because it's unfair. And so they went and they picked up Demarcus Cousins. Because what's our only slightly you know slight weakness? Oh, we don't have an All Star at center who can essentially play point guard, shoot three pointers, and uh, piss everyone on the other team off. At the same time, um, he's like he's like a new version of Rashid Wallace, except he can dribble. Rashid can shoot the three and piss everyone off, but I mean, Cousins brings the ball up probably one every nine possessions, um, and he they, he finally he's been he's been gone for the last year. He ruptured his Achilles, and he's now back. He's played two games. He played the Clippers and the Lakers. He fouled out against the uh, Lakers in fifteen minutes, but he had fourteen points in those fifteen minutes. Um, and it's honestly, once he gets like, uh, his conditioning back, like game legs, it's going to be so unfair because the guy that was starting at center, Kevon Looney is now going against the second unit and against the second unit of the Lakers, which are, they're depleted right now. He looked like he should be starting on every other team in the league. So it's I get why everyone hates them. It's the Patriots problem. You know, they're just they've just been they, out of nowhere. Patriots used to suck. People yep. Tend to, for, tend to forget that they were really bad for a really long time. And then they kind of got mediocre under Bill Parcells and, and uh, Drew Bledsoe and makes playoffs here, be competitive. And then Belichick and Brady show up and dynasty and the, the Warriors used to be the joke of the league. Then they had Steven Jackson and Jason Richardson, that whole team, where they'd made the playoffs as like an eight seed and they'd give the Lakers a run, but they'd always lose. And I think George Carl was the coach back then. I don't remember. But then you got this new era of Warriors with Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and all these guys. And Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. And uh, it's, it's just, they're so good. And when, it, when the games actually matter, it's going to be completely unfair when all five starters are all-stars and could potentially go for MVP if James Harden wasn't having the best season in NBA history. Right. So it's just – I'm a fan because I like the way they play, but adding Cousins is just – oh, my gosh. Let's, let's bring it in the ringer. Yeah, it's like – how how is it possible that you guys could still get better? So, anyways, I just wanted to you know jump on that little nugget and just say, yeah, they're going to win it again. It's you know, it's a foregone conclusion, barring you know three of them breaking femurs, <laughs> which I don't wish, but I'm just saying that's really the only way that they're going to lose, especially in a seven game series. Yeah, someone's going to have to Tanya Harding them. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> it's been like 25 years. <laughs> uh, all right. We've been talking for a long time. Any final thoughts? I don't think so. And this time next week, we'll be, uh, we'll be getting ready for commercials, getting ready to fatten ourselves up next Sunday. I'm 
fat, plenty fat enough already. But I, sh- I shall do my part. All right. <laughs> Have a good one, dude. Always See- good chatting. See ya. Bye.